We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, and Virginia. WinBet is now live in all these states, and the excitement of Win Las Vegas has finally landed in online sports betting and casino play. From boosted parlays to live in-game betting odds on every major sport, WinBet gives you the tools to win. Sign up today for your risk-free $1,000 sports bet. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com to start winning. Mahomes has the time, delivers, perfectly downfield, touchdown, Patrick Mahomes with a rope. This one, Adams, touchdown! This time going deep for Beckham Jr. Hello everyone, welcome back to Road of His Overtime on Road of His Radio. My name is Colin Kelly. You can follow me on Twitter at Overtime Ireland, and I'm joined by Sean Siegel, co-host of the Road of His OT podcast, co-host of the Stadium Bananas podcast. Sean, we are closing in next Wednesday, I believe. It's going to be episode 300. We are looking for suggestions of Q&A for myself and yourself for a bonus show get the listeners to send any questions they want to send our way you can do so by sending them to me on twitter at overtime ireland or email them across at rotavizradio at gmail.com and of course we are going to have uh, hopefully during the next week maybe we'll de- debut it on episode 300 the new intro into the show send us those player name suggestions as well uh, that we should have in that introduction to the show but Sean we are kind of Tying off any loose ends we have off week four and looking ahead to rest of the season with that in mind after the first two shows of this week, which I hope the listeners did enjoy. We're going to talk through some other scenarios. So looking forward to this as we get ready for week five of the season. Um, it's it's really uh, it's flown by. It has. And we keep enjoying it with the group here. We go through our listener league results and the listeners are still taking it to us in four out of five. One of the things (laughs) that has popped up is that we mentioned in the first show that my co-host on ceiling bananas is number one in the Scott fishbowl in thousands of teams. And not only number one, but with a, a huge lead that a very, very zero RB type of team in the listener leagues. I don't think it's any surprise to anyone that those leagues were extraordinarily wide receiver heavy that forced us into some fallback running back selections simply because 
you know, the wide receivers were not there. When you're talking about having to take a guy, you know, three rounds, four rounds ahead of ADP, we talk all the time about that's actually where the value may be, but it gets a little bit more difficult in some of those spots to do that. You, You take a running back value and then you look at your team construction at the end of the season or, or even just now, right? You know, four weeks in, you're like, man, I thought those guys were going to be okay, but now the overall construction doesn't work. Kind of looking at the main event teams, also mentioned how well those were doing, how well some of the teams that I have with Column are doing. Those teams very, very wide receiver heavy. It is somewhat hilarious to go back through and look, and there is only one team that is doing poorly. Now, I still like this team. I think that it will have a chance to make up a bunch of points at some point along the season, if everything goes right. But Ben and I do have one 0-4 team, and that was our robust running back team, right? That was the one where we started Barkley, Taylor, DeAndre Swift. And the funny thing about that is all three of those guys are actually not hurt. All three of those guys have played okay. I mean, you would have liked to see some bigger games from Jonathan Taylor in weeks two and three. You know, you would have loved to see DeAndre Swift score more points in week four, but they're performing in the range that we would have hoped for at this juncture. And yet it just doesn't set up the rest of your team well enough. You don't have enough points for the flex. You know, you have a wide receiver get hurt and suddenly you're looking at a different situation here. We actually played four running backs this past week, those three guys and Chuba Hubbard, the team barely lost. I mean, it's not like it's a bad team, but we talk about how if you draft in a certain way, then you can be wrong about a ton of stuff and still win. If you draft in a different way, you can be right about a ton of stuff and still lose. And so, again, we're encouraging as many listeners as possible to do that. We do know it's possible to have a zero running back team that's not doing well. I mean, it's not like there aren't paths to where you could have gone wide receiver heavy and lose. Some wide receivers have gotten hurt. I mean, if you hit the perfect path where you're hitting all of those injured guys, then yeah, I mean, anybody can do that. But we're looking at over large numbers of leagues the wide receiver heavy approach has worked well in the past and it's working very well again in 2021 you look at some of these high volume high stakes drafters and some of the very best guys even the ones who you know are willing to start with an anchor running back maybe even two guys but then you look at the rest of your team and you're like oh well it's, it's all the rest of it is wide receivers and so fantasy participants who have gotten a lot of success they have one method or another of getting wide receivers into those flex positions and building these teams that are dominant structurally Uh, we'll keep looking to do that as we go forward so so column we need some more luck in the listener leagues we need our guys to get healthy or the people that we have left right the people who, who aren't already out for the season we need those players to stay healthy but we're proud of the group. We had a ton of fun drafting with the listeners, and we are not surprised that they're doing well. Yeah, we'll see how it all it all continues to play out. It was a, they were uh, extremely fun to to do. We had planned, I think, to you know do one or two, and it just was so much fun to do them, and people wanted to get involved. So I think they they worked out great. You did touch on that team you have with Ben, and that is you know the the Barkley Taylor start. They did combine this last week for 50 points in terms of PPR format. So you mentioned them not being injured. This is probably, um, you know, the, the ideal scenario. There will be weeks where they put up more than that. But, you know, if you're drafting those two guys in the first round, that's kind of where we're hoping to get into that range. Is that something now as we've kind of seen them, you know, Barkley looks pretty pretty healthy, looks pretty explosive. The, the reception for the long touchdown was very, very impressive. Um, so looking pretty good all around in that offense and then Jonathan Taylor just 
every time I see him get the ball, I just keep thinking they need to give him the ball more. And even in this game, they give him uh, three three targets for three receptions and then 16 rush attempts. And I'm still thinking they need to give him the ball more. So he just looks so good. Do you expect, though, you said these teams might catch up and start scoring a lot of points. Are you expecting both of those guys to, to start to put in some big performances over the the next kind of 10 weeks or so? I am. Uh, th- that's the reason that we did go after them. You look in this game, uh, Jonathan Taylor up at 6.4 yards per attempt. Again, he's not going to do that every week, but we know that he has the speed to, to create these big plays, right? So you're looking at, well, why is Derrick Henry so good? I mean, it's really about his ability to get into the open field and make the big gains. And if you stick with him, then he has more and more of those opportunities as the game goes along. You look at his second half performances recently, and you know you get to halftime and you're playing against uh, Henry in one of your leagues, and you're like, ah, well, I mean, this game is working out. They're not passing to him a ton, <laughs> and you know he's not in the end zone yet, and the defense is is getting the legs and and wrapping him up, and it's like, yeah, I mean. The Titans don't have any receivers, so this is exactly what you expect. And then, you know, you, you follow the bottom line through the second half, and suddenly he's at 150 and, and two touchdowns. You're like, okay, well, so they, they didn't keep him contained. The Colts have a similar situation, and they have an even faster back. And someone who can catch some passes, he has three targets, he gets three receptions in this game, doesn't create a bunch of yards with those one of the things that you like to see with both Barkley and Taylor is that every touch has the ability to go for the big play you don't know when it's going to happen the team needs to get them as involved as possible so that there are more opportunities for that obviously Barkley has the 54 yard touchdown it's cool to see because not only is it a big play but it's a target down the field the fact that he has that in his skill set is something that really plays up you know as you look at the possibility again for big plays every week you also look at these offenses and the the backer really needs to be the focal point we look at most nfl teams and the passing game needs to be how they get it done these guys are both in situations where the rest of the offense is mediocre enough and they're so good that if you actually emphasize the back that can do it it was interesting to see with the giants that Kadarius tony actually looked pretty good in this one there was some talk today that John Ross's speed will make a difference for them. I know that Ben will be excited about that. <laughs> John Ross has always been one of his guys. I think that this offense is going to be able to create space for Barkley to work in. And that part is very exciting for him. Now, the thing with Taylor that we'll have to track a little bit is, you know, is there anything wrong with the knee? They talked about how there's a little bit of swelling, anything like that, you know, <laughs> is, is a big red flag as we think about how brutal the NFL season is, but then he goes out and looks as good as he's ever looked. Right. And this was a game in which the team gave 10 attempts to Marlon Mack. When you take some of those back out, give them to Taylor, that's probably not going to be the case every week. Now there has been some trade talk around Mack. It, it felt like the team was trying to showcase him for some type of trade. And so, yeah, as this continues to go forward, you expect Taylor to have a bunch of big games. Now, he's a little bit more of a situation where because Hines is so good and kind of caps the receiving upside, you know, Taylor's receptions have been solid, but we were hoping for really the running backs to be the focal point of the passing offense as well. That hasn't really developed. And so, you know, potentially we'll, we'll see more of that going forward. But yeah, I mean, these two guys, the huge upside for both of them. I think their offenses can develop that little bit 
that allows them to score more touchdowns and have touchdown upside as the season goes along too. And so it, this is a positive. There are still some things that could go wrong. I mean, they're not locked in to, you know, this competition to be the overall RB1. You know, if McCaffrey gets healthy, he's still way ahead of them. But even with some of the other guys playing pretty well and Austin Eckler playing well, Aaron Jones really shut down on Sunday, but playing extremely well. You have Elliott with the touchdown. You have Derrick Henry again, looking good. I think that these guys still are in the mix to be the number two overall player, depending on, you know, what happens with Dalvin Cook. I mean, if he's healthy, then he's going to be the number two guy there. But yeah, I mean, we're, we're looking much better after week four than we were looking coming into it. And you do see the contrast this week between these guys and someone like a Nick Chubb, who is just a fantastic reality player, but there's so much working against him with Kareem Hunt being a dynamic back in that offense as well. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. I want to talk now about a couple of uh, young wide receivers. I think um, there's a, a player that I've wanted to kind of touch on last week wanted to touch on again this week and the numbers haven't really you know exploded for him but there has been a lot of opportunities there for him and that is henry ruggs i've been very impressed by by ruggs play so far this season particularly in the area of contested catches was something that i wasn't expecting him to look as good at at this point has obviously the explosive speed i think the outlook here rest of season is going to be extremely positive for for ruggs he was somebody in the off season you know we talked a lot about it in the show, but mainly down to you bringing him up as possible, you know, breakout this season. And so far, I've been very impressed. I'm just wondering what your thoughts are at, you know, the four-week point in terms of what your expectations were when we were drafting him in that kind of 10, 11, 12 range um, in the preseason. Yeah, so he gets that 60-yard touchdown in week two. And it's both exciting and something that you know, well, that's not going to happen every week. And then in week three, he's open behind the defense for another 60-yard touchdown. And Derek Carr misses him 
right? And so you're like, ah, I mean, that, that was the opportunity for him to continue the breakout. And then you look at this game where they play the Chargers. We know the big theme around the Chargers defense is that they're going to try and keep the ball in front of them. And that limits receivers like a Tyreek Hill, like a Henry Ruggs. And that was the case through the first half. But then as the Raiders are like, wait, I mean, at some point you've got to stop playing directly into your opponent's hands, right? And so they start attacking downfield to him. He drew a defensive pass interference on a deep play in which he could have made the reception. I mean, it looked like he was going to have it. And he drops it at the last minute. He's open beyond behind the defense for a 50 plus yard touchdown and kind of on the run. Derek Carr misses him. So that was disappointing because through the first couple of weeks, Carr had been just so accurate, even on these deep balls. So to miss a couple where he's pretty wide open is too bad. He does pull down a third deep shot. So when you think about rugs in a game against a defense specifically designed to limit this kind of play that he has these three long opportunities one of which does pan out for him and you're thinking okay i mean this could be pretty big right i mean we're not quite there yet but you pull up the weekly stats explorer and you see that through four weeks he is in eighth i believe in air yards with 446 and he is the only player in the top 15 who has a target share below 24%. His is all the way down at 15%. And so, you know, you, you follow what the, the Raiders are trying to do here. You know that he's the number two behind Waller, but there is the potential for him to get a little bit more efficient. Now, not surprisingly, you know, some of the very top guys, you look at the air conversion, I mean, Stefan Diggs only at 57%. You talk about the upside that he has actually leading the NFL in air yards. Brandon Cook's sort of surprisingly high at 71% considering how that quarterback situation has been. Devontae Adams up there at 76%. That's not a surprise with his connection with Aaron Rodgers. But you look at some of these guys who are a little bit lower, a Calvin Ridley, we talked about where he was in terms of his deep shots in week four. You've got the situation there with Ruggs. Devontae Smith, someone else who almost capitalized and you know, has the long touchdown called back where he ran out of bounds there. There are some guys like Ruggs and like Smith where not only do they have a good deep profile, but they're kind of right on the edge there of where you think that the overall target numbers could also jump. So, you know, we're still not there with rugs. It's, it's going to be difficult if you're relying on these long passes. But again, when you, you look at some of the defenses that they've played, the fact that he's done as well as he has is encouraging as you go through, you know, some of these other teams, you know, you have a couple of games with the Kansas city chiefs. I mean, it's obviously an extreme upside outcome, but I don't think, and we would be that surprised if he went for like 350 yards and four touchdowns in the two games against Kansas City. I mean, those are going to be shootouts and the Chiefs don't defend any of that stuff well. And so you have these matchups that will be upcoming where he could score a lot of points. I think that it's still much more of a buy situation than a sell situation for him. The Raiders are very invested in number one winning and they need him to do that. Uh, their, their other young wide receiver there, Edwards, has, has not played well. I mean, it can't be something where Hunter Renfro is your leading receiver and accomplish what they want to accomplish. And then number two, they're invested in showing that that wasn't a bad pick. And so 
you know, they, they probably don't feel as much immediacy now that he looks fine, but there's still this contrast with guys like Justin Jefferson, who was again, fantastic on Sunday, but they want to make this pick look good. I think they're going to continue to go to him. The peripherals are encouraging. I mean, he just needs those targets to tick up a little bit. He needs a few more manufactured targets underneath to be this guy who could be the next. I mean, we talked a lot about how DJ Moore has this target profile where we really thought he was going to make the jump to the Stefan Diggs level. Ruggs is still a gap away from that. I mean, we're not talking about Ruggs being a wide receiver one, maybe not even a wide receiver two, but if he can be someone as we go into the buys who's a strong flex option, then that's a big win for you. So I've been encouraged. I thought that this could go in a way where he becomes you know, a very solid part of the offense, but the more likely thing based on how bad he was last season and some of the red flags he had in his profile coming in is that probably he doesn't do much. And maybe he even, you know, drops to third or fourth in the pecking order that hasn't happened. I like it. Colin, what are you seeing with rugs? Where are you on him now? I, I'm very encouraged. I mentioned, you know, in terms of some of the, the catches he's been making, they haven't all been, been easy catches. The deep shots have been there. I think that there's a lot to be very positive about with Ruggs. I think the thing you touched on there was like when we were drafting him, my kind of thought process was he's either going to start to work out or he's going to be cut off our roster by week four. So <laughs> he's definitely made it past that kind of deadline in terms of how we thought we'd be able to use him and the flex and things like that. But I have started him last week didn't really work out all that well for me. But you know, there's a lot of those best ball rosters that he's on as well. I think that he's going to have a, a strong second part of the season here and i think that'll bode well like you mentioned the target share if we can get him into that you know 20 percent target range i think that would be enough for him based on the depth of target he's going to get as well so i i've been very very encouraged after uh, those opening four weeks off the season the other player i've been quite encouraged by sean and i think we were all hoping we'd be encouraged by him is Devontae smith in terms of you know coming in in year one into this offense and, and how things would work out for him he he did have a, another pretty nice game this week in terms though of his air yards there's a, a in the first uh, three weeks there was a large amount of opportunity for him in terms of those 301 air yards but had only converted 38 percent of them but you know again he's somebody who i had some slight concerns about there was the the injury in the, the preseason, how things would work out there. But through those four weeks as well, it's, it's looked really good as he, you know, had 10 targets this past week. He had 122 yards. The one thing with it, I guess I would say is, you know, he had 10 targets, but Hurts did pass 48 times. But I, I do think that he's still going to lead this team in targets throughout the rest of the season. You touched on him there a moment ago, but I just wanted to know if you had any other additional thoughts that you wanted to add in uh, around Devontae Smith. Yeah, so... For Smith, I thought this was a really cool game. Would have been better if he manages to stay, stay in bounds and not lose that touchdown, uh, both for him and for some of our fantasy teams. But you mentioned the air yards. He adds in now to where he's up to 445. So he's right in that range with Ruggs and Marquise Brown. And we know the vertical element that both of those guys have provided. He's been worse at converting those, but he also has a higher percentage of his team's air yards of 42%, which, I mean, that's up there with really the, the top guys, right? I and mean, that's the same number that we have for Tyreek Hill. The only player who is, is kind of well above that, who is that big a part of a fantasy going forward. I mean, Brandon Cooks is above that, but I just think this, this Texans offense, you know, it's, it's hard to take that seriously, but you have, 
in there Calvin Ridley. Now, it's kind of funny because we were talking about, oh, uh, the air yard situation with him is so, so disastrous. He has the big week, and it really kind of illustrates where the rest of their passing offense is, that Ridley is at 47% of the team air yards. Again, that bodes well going forward. The other development that we've had here is that Quez Watkins and Jalen Rager have really fallen off. And so you look at this last week, and it was Smith, and it was the tight ends and the backs I mean, I think the, the tight ends are going to be involved. Alex Goddard, we know, is probably an above average starter at this point. Zach Ertz flashing a little bit of that late career possession ability that he's always had. Uh, we talked a lot in the previous show about Gainwell, but this is going to be the Smith offense. And for him to be developing that ability to get open, to command these deep targets, and to command sort of a lot of targets so early. When he's trying to figure out, well, you know, how do I get off of the press? How do I deal with the physical coverage down the field? I mean, you can still see plenty of plays where he is working through that. And yet against Kansas City, and, and again, you can say, well, it's it's just Kansas City. I mean, they're they're pretty bad in the secondary. But figuring out a way to create separation, showing the ball skills when the ball is in the air, I think they're going to be even more sort of manufactured touches for him too as we go along. He looks very, very good. The Eagles are going to need to pass. Jalen Hurts has demonstrated no reluctance to push the ball down the field. And again, as we look at where they are with this, I mean, he still has a week that factors in there where in week two, where he had 16 receiving yards on 168 air yards. Well, I mean, obviously that's a little bit of a, a silly line there. So the not just kind of early season bounce back potential as just sort of a random receiver but this rookie development potential that you have for smith makes him someone to where and obviously in dynasty people are going to have him they're going to want him it's going to be hard to pry him away without something big although if you do have a, a blockbuster-ish type of trade i would think he's someone that you can get still but in redraft i think that there is more uncertainty and so with that, he's definitely somebody, if you're in a, a league that does a lot of trading there in redraft, he's a guy that, that I would look to go after. I think he's going to have a lot of big games the rest of the way. And again, especially as we go into the buys now, if you're dealing with a situation where you know you have some of these players who have been hurt and you know, maybe they're going to come back, but maybe there is still some concern. If you have a Pittsburgh Steelers wide receiver and you've watched what Ben Roethlisberger has been doing Smith makes an appealing acquisition at this point in the season. Yeah, and we, we touched there on a few guys who you mentioned are up there in air yards and are getting some deep shots. I did want to give a shout out as well to Marquise Brown, who I mentioned uh, in that game versus Detroit last week had some of the worst drops i ever seen, had a fantastic touchdown grab in week four, laying out for the, the 49-yard touchdown reception. So hopefully um, if those catches can be made moving forward, another player who i think can have a, a big you know progression here over the, the next couple of weeks and into the second half of the season um a much harder catch to make than any of the the three potential drop touchdowns from the week prior but i think that was encouraging for people who drafted marquise brown as well that's going to bring us to the end of show three of the week here on rotoviz overtime as always you can get yourself a listeners only 10 percent discount to a rotoviz pass all you have to do is add the code RVRADIO2021 at checkout. That'll save you 10% off your subscription, get you access to all of the content and tools up on the website. If you want, you can find out more information about that at rotaviz.com forward slash podcast. 
As I mentioned earlier, episode 300 coming out next week. Send us those questions as well. Get them in good and early. We're going to use the best ones on a bonus show that myself and Sean will record for you, a Q&A of non-football-related questions. Um, so hopefully that will be a fun one to record. My name is Colin Kelly. You can follow me on Twitter at Overtime Ireland. My co-host is Sean Siegel. Check out all of Sean's great work up on rotoviz.com. Until we're back next week with some more shows, have a good one. Thank you for listening to Overtime on Rotoviz Radio. Please rate and review the Rotoviz Radio podcast on iTunes or your favorite podcast app. You can contact us via email at rotovizradio at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at Rotoviz Radio. And remember, you can always support the pod by subscribing to Rotoviz with a discount through the Rotoviz Radio homepage, rotoviz.com forward slash podcast. America, we are endowed by our creator with certain unalienable rights, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. At Grand Canyon University, we believe in equal opportunity, and the American dream starts with purpose. By honoring your career calling, you impact your family, your friends, and your community. The pursuit to serve others is yours. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Private, Christian, affordable. Visit gcu.edu.